Hello everyone, welcome to A Millennial Learns. Thank you all so much for joining me today. We are here with our Bible episode. As promised, it is gonna be released on Thursday. It's gonna be late on Thursday. <laughs> like, it's late in the day right now. I'm recording this at 8.10 my time. So if you're on the East Coast, like, it's 10.10. It's um, but technically, it's out on Thursday, <laughs> so we are making improvements here. But today we are going over the last half of Jeremiah. So we're going over Jeremiah 32 through 52, which is the end of the book. So um, quick little life update that I like to do in the beginning of each episode. I told you on Monday that I did, I started my new job and it is going very well. I think I'm going to really, really like this job. I'm very excited for it. I'm writing like test scripts for software and I just think it's going to be really fun. Like I've looked at some of the sample ones and I've looked at, you know, just uh, things that I'll be doing and it seems like I'm just going to love this job. So I'm very, very excited. Um, and then a <laughs> funny thing is yesterday we had like a happy hour, like a going away happy hour for me from my old program. And I didn't think I could do it on a Thursday. So I said, okay, how about we do it Wednesday? But I really didn't think anyone was going to show up on a Wednesday because that's just not an ideal day for happy hour, like when everyone has to work the next day. So I figured not a lot of people would be showing up. Plus, I was not the one that set out the meeting or sent it out. So I didn't see a lot of people like RSVP. So I was just really nervous that no one was going to show up. Like I thought that it was just going to be like me, my husband, my brother, and like one of my best friends who <laughs> works on my team. And I thought it was just going to be like us and the manager. And that's about it. But it turns out like 20 people or so came like it was a really good turnout and I just had a lot of fun so that is a little mini life update we also this is not important really but we got a new cat like baby gate so my cat and my brother's cats who do not get along cannot um, <laughs> cannot torture each other because my cat always jumped the gate and like climbed up and scaled the entire thing to go kind of torture the other cats. We've gotten a new gate, so this is all so much better. Everything is looking really on the up and up this week. So those were some minor updates. Let's get into our episode for the rest of Jeremiah. <laughs> So as I mentioned, we are in Jeremiah 32 through 52 this week. So it might be a little bit of a shorter episode since it's only about 20, 20 chapters. And usually I do more like, I want to say I want to do more like 25 or 30 chapters. But let's get started with Jeremiah 32. So in Jeremiah 32, the king of Babylon is besieged by Jerusalem and Jeremiah is confined to the courtyard of the guard in the royal palace. So we left off from last time where Jeremiah was basically held a prisoner because of his prophecies. A lot of the other 
prophets in Babylon said, you know, this is going to pass like in two years, you know, we will be back in our homeland and we don't have to be subjects of Babylon you know, for more than two years. And Jeremiah was saying, no, the Lord is actually saying you're going to be subjects and pretty much exiles in Babylon for 70 years. And so they threw him in jail. So we kind of pick up there from where we left off. So he's imprisoned because of his prophesying. And then Jeremiah prophesies that his uncle Hanamel is going to come and say, hey, you should buy my field because as the nearest relative, it's your right and duty to buy the field. Now, in this day and age, you could do this. So like you could go to your nearest relative and if you wanted to sell land, you could go to your nearest relative and say, I want to sell this land. You're my nearest relative, so it's your duty to buy it so that it stays in the family. And you have to understand, like at this point, you know, Israel was in shambles. You know, they were going to fall to Babylon. And there was all these prophecies and warnings that Babylon was going to conquer them and destroy them. And so he was basically like selling a war, like a he was selling land in a worn, torn area. So he knew war was coming. So he was just looking out for his best interests and he was trying to pass off his land to Jeremiah. And this was a great little test for Jeremiah because it made him put his money where his mouth was. He said that, um, that God would restore this area to Jerusalem and to Judah and that he would restore Israel. So um, he said, like one of the prophecies that Jeremiah said was that he was going to restore them. So God set him up the opportunity to buy land in this area, even though it was about to go to war, it was about to fall to Babylon. And they made him put the um, like signing documents, like essentially closing documents now, but God said to put it into a thick clay pot so that it would last a very long time because in a long time from now, they would return to the land and reclaim it for uh, Israel. I think I explained that okay, but I'm not exactly sure. Basically, he made him put his money where his mouth is. He was prophesying that Israel would be restored. And so he's like, fine, buy land in the area that will be restored you're basically like betting on it. Um, so uh, at this point, it talks about the restoration. He will gather them up from where he banishes them. So God is going to collect the remnant of Israel and collect them. And they will rejoice in me, will give them prosperity. And he says that they will, that God will bless the people that he's bringing back. Okay, Jeremiah 33, God talks about the healing of the land and how he will restore the people. David will always have a descendant on the throne. Now, I think this is talking about how eventually, like it says that someone will be on the throne that is always a descendant of David. I think that is a prophecy about Jesus because once he dies and is ascended into heaven, he is technically on the throne and a descendant of David. So I think that's a prophecy that is later fulfilled. Okay, Jeremiah 34, Jeremiah has to go to the king and tell him the city is going to fall. So again, I talked about this last time, but these 
um, prophets are just so bold. Like God usually doesn't say to a prophet, oh, just, just go write something down and then hand it off. And it's like low pressure, you know, like he tells these prophets to like go to the king face to face and tell him that he's doing the wrong thing or that his city is going to fall or whatever. So this is an example of that. Jeremiah has to go to the king and tell him the entire city is going to fall to Babylon. God then promised Zedekiah that he will die peacefully with a funeral fire and everyone, you know, will be there in his honor. So like, even though the city is going to fall, he'll die with dignity and grace a little bit. Um, he told them to run, like all the people, to run to the only two fortified cities that were left in all of Judah. Zedekiah, who was the king, then made a covenant for everyone to free their slaves so no one was to hold a fellow Hebrew in bondage. So that was a big thing. Every seven years, um, everyone was supposed to free their slaves. So a lot of times people became slaves because they weren't very much in debt, and so they would work off their debt. But every seventh year was a year that you would free your slaves. And so this was a year where the king made a covenant for everyone to free their slaves. So everyone did. Everyone was on board with that. But then they immediately changed their minds and took back their slaves. Like right as they were like, yes, we will follow what this says. We will follow the covenant and we're freeing our slaves. A lot of the people immediately changed their minds and took back their slaves. So then a word came to Jeremiah and says, you have not proclaimed freedom to your own people. So now you have freedom to die by the sword, plague, and famine. So again, like a lot of the Old Testament, a lot of this time period, people could argue that God has like this uncontrollable anger. I've heard that a lot in like um, theological debates where it's like, oh, how can you trust an all powerful God? But he has like these seemingly like mood swings. However, he makes these covenants. He is a perfect God and he cannot tolerate evil. And so when the people turn their back on him, this is justice being served, basically. So he, you know, they had the freedom to break their covenant and now they have the freedom to die by the sword or plague or famine. Okay, Jeremiah 35 says a word came to Jeremiah during the reign of Jehoiakim, uh, who is the king of Judah. I have still not learned how to pronounce that, but um, yeah, so a word came to Jeremiah during this reign, and it said to invite the Rechabite family and invite them to the side room of the house of the Lord and to give them wine. So that family refused the wine of Jeremiah because like their forefather had said to never drink wine, to never build houses, to just sow seeds. And that way they'll live a long time in the land. And the Lord looked at that and said, look, these people don't drink wine because of one command by their forefathers. Yet these people will not obey me. Like the Israelites will not obey God. They keep turning their backs. A whole theme of Jeremiah is how the Israelites have turn their backs on the Lord and not been obedient and things like that. And he's like, look at this example. This one family will not drink wine even when they are offered it like by this high up prophet because of one command. And yet the Israelites have basically one command to follow God and they will not obey. Jeremiah 36 says God told Jeremiah to write all this down on a scroll 
And he said, maybe if the people see the disaster I plan to inflict on them, they will turn. So, like, maybe if they realize what's going to happen as a consequence of their actions, they will turn away and change their minds. So, Jeremiah cannot go into the temple, so he told the scroll writer to go read the words that Jeremiah had dictated to, like, the basically the congregation that can go into the temple. The person who actually wrote the scroll, his name was Baruch, and officials told Baruch to read the scroll, and they asked if Jeremiah had dictated it. He um, said yes, Jeremiah dictated it, and then they told Baruch and Jeremiah to hide. Because what he said was not popular. Like, if you take anything from the book of Jeremiah, it was what Jeremiah is telling the truth. He's saying, like, this is not going to be going well. You need to, like, go with the Babylonians. And a lot of people did not want to believe that because they did not want to live in exile, basically, for 70 years. And so they really did a lot of terrible things to Jeremiah because of his truthful prophesying. And Baruch was also great because he was the one that dictated it. Or, um, no, Jeremiah dictated it to Baruch, and Baruch wrote it down. So Baruch was also great. But they were like, okay, this was not the best prophecy. Go hide. So then the king, Jehoiakim, <laughs> um, sat there and had the scroll read to him. And every few columns, it says, he cut off part of the scroll and threw it in the fire. So he burned the entire scroll of the prophecy. He then called for the arrest of both Jeremiah and Baruch, but it said the Lord had hidden them. So it sounds like a divine, like, hiding, I guess, um, where, yes, they were told to go hide, but then he kind of supernaturally, like, had told them to hit, hide and then hid them well. Um, and then God told Jeremiah to rewrite the scroll. So him and Baruch then rewrote the entire thing. Okay, um, Jeremiah 37, Zedekiah, son of Josiah, was made the king of Judah by Nebuchadnezzar, who is the king of Babylon. So that's a lot of names there, but basically Zedekiah is king of Judah. Um, he reigned in place of Jehoiachin's son. Oh, wait, he reigned in place of Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, I guess. Uh, I'm probably very much mispronouncing those, but... Um, so he didn't pay attention to any of the words that the Lord had spoken through Jeremiah. He did his own thing. He worshiped other gods, all of that stuff. Jeremiah has not yet been put in prison at this point. So they tell the king of Judah, Pharaoh's army, who has marched out to support you. Uh, let's see. Tell the, Oh, this is what God says. He said, tell the king of Judah, Pharaoh's army, who has marched out to support you, uh, will go back to its own land to Egypt. So... He said, like, Egypt is going to, or Pharaoh's army is going to go back to Egypt. But the Babylonians will return and attack the city. So I was always surprised in the Bible when I reread it that there is so much, like, war strategy in here. So you basically have to understand that I think Egypt and the Babylonians are allies because they said once Egypt withdrew, um, the Babylonian army withdrew because of Pharaoh's army. Um, so Jeremiah started leaving. Oh wait, maybe they're enemies. Hold on. Maybe I'm not in, <laughs> maybe I misunderstood that in my notes. I have in my notes that after Babylonian army withdrew because of Pharaoh's army, uh, 
I should look that up. I think... I think they're enemies because the Lord warned to not be allies with Egypt many times, but to go and um, just surrender to Babylon. So I think they were actually enemies. So we'll go with that <laughs> and I will double check. And if I'm wrong, you'll hear a little note at the end of the episode that I am wrong. But um, it said Jeremiah started leaving the city to go get his share of the property in Benjamin. So like after everyone withdrew, Jeremiah started leaving and he's like, I'm going to go back to Benjamin because my family's there and I get land. The captain of the guard then accused him of deserting to the Babylonians and arrested him, beaten, beat him and imprisoned him. So Jeremiah just does not have that much great luck because he is just constantly like beat up, captured, questioned, released. And then you repeat the process. Basically, he has been beat up a lot of times. Um, and then the king, Zedekiah, asked him after a very long time in prison, he said, have you had any word from the Lord? And Jeremiah said, yes, you will be delivered into the hands of the king of Babylon. So after that, Jeremiah was placed in the courtyard and given one loaf of bread a day from like the local markets. Okay, Jeremiah 38, people wanted to see Jeremiah be put to death because he's prophesying that if people give up to the Babylon Babylonians, they will be spared. And they said, he's discouraging our soldiers because we shouldn't just give up. Like he's saying that we need to give up. So our soldiers are being discouraged. Our army is not going to be as effective. So he should be put to death. So instead of being put to death, they, a few guys, I guess, threw him in a cistern that had no water in it. And so Jeremiah sank way down in the mud. And then a very nice Cushite man, um, who was an official in the royal palace, got a bunch of men and like figured out that Jeremiah was in the cistern. And he tied ropes and old clothes together and basically fished him out of the cistern and saved him. So with Jeremiah, he's like always getting persecuted, but then he's always getting saved because God has such a plan for him, obviously, that he's always being rescued. But he gets persecuted so much. And this is like one of the things that I was just talking about with my Bible study is that people talk about the New Testament all the time, like in church. And I've ranted about this before, I think, but they talk about the New Testament. And they say like, oh, everything will work out for you. Everything will, um, will work out for good for those who, uh, love and serve the Lord. And that is true. Things will work out for your good. But that doesn't mean that like at the moment, everything will be good. Like Jeremiah was following exactly what God wanted him to do. And he got thrown down a cistern, beat up, like threatened with death, you know, to bring the word of the Lord that was actually true. So just saying that things will work out in the end, doesn't mean that the middle part, you won't be persecuted a lot. Um, okay. So then let's see. So the Cushite saves him. Jeremiah then tells Zedekiah to hand himself over to the Babylons. All of this was in a very private conversation with the king because there would be serious consequences if anyone knew that the king was talking to Jeremiah and like taking what he had to say to heart. So then the king said to not tell the officers what was said um, if they questioned him. And then they did question him and Jeremiah lied and said that he was pleading the king he was pleading with the king to not send him back to Jonathan's house, which is like the prison, I think to die there. So he lied to these um, other officials that questioned him, but it was kind of for a good cause, I guess. 
Okay, Jeremiah 39, the city wall is broken through and all the people fled, including Zedekiah, um, killed all of his sons in front of him. Yeah, so Zedekiah killed all of his sons in front of him and was captured him. Wait, city wall is broken through, all fled, including Zedekiah. Oh, yeah. So then, um, yeah, all of Zedekiah's sons were killed in front of him and he was captured and made to go back to Babylon uh, they told Jeremiah to go back to his own people. So that he had the choice of like coming with him to Babylon or to stay with his own people. And he went to his own people. And then the word was fulfilled that Jeremiah would be rescued on that day. So there's a lot about rescuing Jeremiah on that day. Again, I feel like a lot of people take these out of context and say like, the Lord will rescue you. I mean, the Lord will rescue you. I think that truth holds firm but I also think it's important to know like the historical context of why that was being said because Jeremiah again was being persecuted so much that he said that you know the Lord will rescue you it was like a life or death situation I think it's just important to understand the weight of that um, so then Jeremiah let's see stays among his people he's freed by a commander in Jeremiah 41, Ishmael and um, 10 men killed Gedaliah with a sword. Before anyone knew it, about 80 men ha who had shaved their beards, torn their clothes, cut themselves, all of this, like the typical mourning stuff, brought grain offerings with them to the temple. So Ishmael, who is royal, I believe he's in the royal line, um, took all of his men and killed this Gedaliah character and yeah no one knew about it yet but all the men that he was with and they had you know shaved their beard torn their clothes all that so Ishmael went went to meet these other 80 men weeping and told them to come to the city killed them and then threw them into a cistern so he's just on a killing spree like he killed Gedaliah he killed these other 80 men and threw him into a cistern only 10 of these men uh, survived because they bribed him with barley, olive oil, and honey, you know, like in some other field. And they basically bribed their way out of dying. So I guess that was kind of smart, but Ishmael is just kind of crazy at the moment. Um, Ishmael made the captive made captives of the people of Mitzpah, which is a city in that area. Johanan and army officers heard the crimes of Ishmael and went to go fight him because they like they heard all the shenanigans that he was up to. He was killing all these people. Word had gotten back to Johanan and these other army officers and, you know, they went to go fight. Um, so they had this big fight, but Ishmael did end up escaping and fled to the Ammonites and then Johanan got some of the captives that had come over when Ishmael fled. So he, so Ishmael had a lot of captives. And when he was fleeing, a lot of the captives were able to escape Ishmael's side and um, were able to join Johanan's side. And so he was able to take those captives and the people who kind of defected from Ishmael and took them to Egypt to escape the Babylonians. Okay, Jeremiah 42, all the officers and people approached Jeremiah and said, please hear our prayer and petition. Pray to the Lord for this remnant of Israel. So there were only a few people. Like there were, you know, Israel was big 
and Jerusalem and Judah were big, but now it's just a remnant. And so Jeremiah says, of course, I will pray. They promise then to obey the Lord no matter what he says. This is very explicit. They say, we will definitely obey the Lord. Ten days later, the Lord came to Jeremiah and says, if you stay in this land, I will build you up. I will plant you and not uproot you. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, who you now fear. If you go to Egypt, you will die. It's very, very clear. They say, do not go to Egypt. Stay in Babylon and don't be afraid of Babylon. Then a guy, a random guy named, well, he might not be random. He just doesn't go into detail right now about him, is Azariah. And he says, you're lying. Like, you're trying to do some scheme to like have us overtaken by the Babylonians. So they immediately disobeyed. They had just said, whatever the Lord says, we will obey. And they immediately disobey. So they went to Egypt, took Jeremiah with them. And this is a snippet from the actual like Bible verse. It says, while the Jews are watching, take some large stones with you and bury them in clay in the brick pavement at the entrance to Pharaoh's place or in the entrance to Pharaoh's palace in Tapanis. <laughs> then say to them, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. I will send for my servant Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and I will set his throne over these stones I have buried here. He will spread his royal canopy above them. He will come and attack Egypt, bringing death to those destined for death, captivity to those destined for captivity, and the sword to those destined for the sword. He will set fire to the temples of the gods of Egypt. He will burn their temples and take their gods captive. As a shepherd picks up his garment of... Wait. As a shepherd picks his garment clean of lice, so he will pick Egypt clean and depart. There in the temple of the sun in Egypt, he will demolish the sacred pillars and will burn down the temples of the gods of Egypt. So that sums it up pretty well. Like Egypt will come, but then he'll burn down the temples of the gods of Egypt. Okay, Jeremiah 44, the word of the Lord comes to say, go ahead and burn your incense to the others, to, to the other gods, but you're all going to die. <laughs> we'll almost all die. And he does say there will be a few survivors, but he's you know, they say our wives have been burning incense to these other gods. And once we stopped burning incense, then that's when the rains didn't come. And that's when everything started turning bad. So we're going to keep burning incense. And he goes, go ahead, like worship your other gods, but it is not going to turn out well for you. It said those returning to Judah will be very, very few. And this was an interesting point. He said, I am watching over you for your harm. So we always think that God is watching over us like for good, where he's like wanting the best for us and stuff. But in this case, in Jeremiah, where the covenant was based on like sin and justice and stuff like that, there was not Jesus yet. Um, They had disobeyed so many times that he says like, yes, go ahead, burn your incense, but I'm watching over you, but it's going to be for harm. So I make sure that harm comes on you, which is like the ultimate justice thing. So... Anyway, then Jeremiah 45 is very, very short. It's only five um, verses, so I'm just going to read it. It said, When Baruch, son of Neriah, wrote on a scroll the words of Jeremiah the prophet, dictated in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, Jeremiah said this to Baruch. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to you, Baruch. You said, Woe to me! The Lord has added sorrow to my pain. I am worn out with groaning and find no rest. 
But the Lord has told me to say to you, this is what the Lord says, I will overthrow what I have built and uproot what I have planted throughout the earth. Should you then seek great things for yourself, do not seek them. For I will bring disaster on all people, declares the Lord. But wherever you go, I will let you escape with your life. So Baruch, it seems like the one who's dictating all the messages is having kind of a bit of a pity party. But God basically promises him that he will protect Baruch wherever he goes. So, um, okay, Jeremiah 46, there was a prophecy against Egypt and said, There is no healing for you. The nations will hear your shame. Your cries will fill the earth. He talks about how Babylon will come to destroy them. This is punishment on uh, Amon, Pharaoh, Egypt, and her gods and kings. So it's talking a lot about destroying Egypt. But then there's still a promise at the end that says, though I completely destroy all nations among which I scatter you. Well, this is a promise to the Israelites. It says, um, although I completely destroy the, all the nations among which I scatter you, I will not completely destroy you. I will discipline you, but not only, or sorry, I will discipline you, but only in due measure. I will not let you go entirely unpunished. So if you remember, I think it was last week, I'm pretty sure Jeremiah prayed like discipline me lord but only in due measure this is that prayer coming true where he said i will discipline you but only in due measure you cannot go entirely unpunished because you have turned your back on me so many times basically and you've turned your back on me again but i will not completely destroy you and i will discipline you but not more than you can handle jeremiah 47 says a message came to jeremiah about the philistines so this is like a chain of prophecies for different groups said a message came to jeremiah about the philistines uh it says see how the waters are rising they will become an overflowing torrent the people will cry out and the day has come to destroy the philistines in jeremiah 48 there's the same not so good prophecy from moab uh since you trust in your deeds and riches you will be taken captive it's a very very long prophecy for moab it's crazy long like i literally wrote in my notes this one is crazy long um but i did write down a quote that says yet i will restore the fortunes of moab in the days to come so there is that promise at the end jeremiah 49 says uh it's about punishing the ammonites and giving land back to israel because they basically stole land God will punish the Edomites. He announces that a messenger will come and that messenger is attributed to either Jeremiah or this prophet Obadiah, which I have not heard of, but I did read a Bible commentary that it wasn't clear which prophet it was referencing. Um, so then it says Damascus is shamed in like a sea of anxiety. It cannot rest. Nebuchadnezzar is then told to command an attack, and the attack will be directed at the Arab tribes. He will break the bow of Elam, Elam I think it is, E-L-A-M, but then he will bring back Elam eventually. Jeremiah 50 is about, um, it's saying Babylon will be made desolate, but then Judah will eventually seek the Lord and repay Babylon for her deeds. So again, this is like the restoration and after the 70 years of being in exile. Jeremiah 51 says there will be a destroyer against Babylon and repay them for the evil. So kind of similar to Jeremiah 50. And then Jeremiah 52 says Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar besieges Jerusalem. Um... And then he took people into exile. So, 
that is the end of Jeremiah. The next book is Lamentations, which lamenting is like sad. And so Lamentations is very sad. So I'll have to like get into Lamentations next time because I think I'm not 100% sure, but I think this is in chronological order. So I th I'm guessing that this is part of their time in Babylon, but I've never looked up the historical context of Lamentations. So that will be next week is Lamentations. And we're going to go through a few books because Lamentations is pretty short. Um, but that was the Bible study episode for this week. Again, like at least this is coming out on Thursday, even though it is very late. So thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. Let me know what you think. Make sure to go follow and subscribe to the podcast um, on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen. And make sure to go leave a review, five stars if you enjoy it. And I always like the written reviews. I've gotten a few that are so nice and I just love hearing those. So um, let me know anything you would like me to change, anything, any topic you would like me to cover, and I would love to hear from you. So I will see you on Monday with another just regular topic podcast and then next Thursday for our Bible podcast. See you everyone. Bye.